everyone. Welcome to Horror and Hooch. I am here with Jade Astral of The Fifth Wall, Desiree of Tempered Drinks, and it's me, Kay Bly of The Fifth Wall. Tonight, we will be discussing the number one movie in the country, Us. Us! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we will do all of this while we sip um, our featured drink. Desiree? So, in honor of this movie, our featured drink is called The Untethering. Um, and the ingredients for this drink tonight are going to start with your favorite bourbon, which I have a Four Roses bourbon because I like Four Roses. Um, you also need a little bit of grenadine. You're going to need a splash of pineapple juice as well as some tonic water. This one is the first for us on this show. Try it, y'all. Don't try it because I know a bunch of y'all looked in with like tonic water. Don't do that. You like do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I hope everyone had a chance to see us. Um, we moved up the show because so many people were putting out reviews and discussions. So we decided to go ahead and, and jump in here so you guys can hear our perspective. Why not? Our philosophies, our theories. Um things that we notice, different symbolisms, um, character dynamics, relationships, all those things. We wanted to go ahead and get that out there. So if you have not seen the movie, don't watch this yet, okay? No. Save the live. It's going to be posted on the page in YouTube, and the podcast will be up afterwards, too. So don't watch it yet. But if you have seen it, come on. Join us. You know what? I'm not gonna, I don't want you to discourage those that haven't seen it. Like, if you want to take that risk, that's on you. <laughs> true, true. I be nice and warm. I tried to be nice. But she's like, you know what? If you want to go ahead and, and spoil it for yourself, hey, hey, that's on right. you. This is your spoiler alert. Yep. That's on you, I baby. always try to put that warning out. Um, the movie Us is basically um, this family goes on vacation. And while they're on vacation, they kind of have like a home invasion type situation. Like this other family shows up at their door and breaks in and then all hell breaks loose. Um, and basically this family that comes into their home is an exact match to them. The mother looks like the, the, the lady. The kids look like the kids that came in. And the husband also has like a, a counterpart that comes in. And it's strange for them that they're being attacked by a family that looks just like them. And within it, there's just this whole other philosophy and theories and all these different kinds of things to make you think and unpack within the film. So before we start doing that, Let's get our sip on. All right. So we're going to start with this drink tonight. Like I said, don't frown at me, y'all. Try the recipe. Oh. So I got my glass and I got my shaker. Always start with a little ice in your shaker. And tonight we're starting with the bourbon. You need two ounces of bourbon. It's bourbon heavy, y'all. I'm bourbon heavy. All right. On top of that bourbon, you need just a splash of grenadine, not a lot. 
splash of your pineapple juice. And we're going to take that up. Y'all know I always say shake till you see the frost on the shaker. And we're going to get ready to put that in your glass. Now, in your glass, you also need a little ice. So, get some of these good cubes in here to the top. We're going to strain your drink into the shaker. It's a pretty decent red color. And then you top that off with the tonic water. Yes, again, tonic water. Y'all stop doing me like that. That gives you a little fizz for your drink. Here we go. So, taste that, sip that. Um, I picked the Four Roses version because it's a little sweeter, and that makes this drink a little better. But you guys try this at home. I'll post the recipe after the episode. You know what? I've never had it. Well, I probably have had a drink with tonic water in it, didn't know it, but it's not something I prefer to go to the store and just purchase. But it tastes pretty good. <laughs> and it's drink. It, it is. It, it got to be blended with something good. It can't just be like, oh, I'm going to drink some tonic water today. No, I don't ever recommend that, y'all. Stop playing. I think that's where it messed me up because um, I did that before. No, ma'am. It was nasty. It was. <laughs> it was so nasty. <laughs> you didn't know no better. <laughs> now I know. So, <clears throat> now that we have gotten our drinks ready, take me more sip. Gonna be a little tipsy. Oh, yes. Y'all know. <laughs> So we're going to get into some of the theories from the movie. So one of the ones that stood out the most was the doppelganger theory, I want to say, that there's another version of us somewhere out in the world. Jordan Peele actually said that that was one of his fears as to how this movie came about like that was like the first little piece when he was beginning to formulate the story he always had a fear of doppelgangers for some reason that you know what that is kind of scary though like and then they tell you that there's always someone in the world that kind that looks exactly like you right you know I people, run up on people that be like oh i know somebody look just like you I, I, yeah i bet you do and i'm <laughs> like uh-oh that is kind of scary now and, but this movie is saying that we do have doppelgangers. They all live underground and nobody knows about it. Except for in the movie, Adelaide stumbled upon this the doppelganger, hers. And sorry for the spoiler alert, but this is, uh, I kind of have to give this away because of what it symbolizes. The fact that her her doppelganger switched lives with her and she knew that her people, the doppelgangers, her and the others were living underground and there's all these underground tunnels throughout the United States. And she knew about it, 
But once she switched places with her counterpart that was above ground, she never went back to help her other people. She knew that they didn't have proper resources. They didn't have good lighting. They didn't even speak. Like they just, they didn't, they were educated that they just were stuck in these tunnels. And that's all that they knew. And when but she goes above ground and that's she true. figures out, you know, life and she starts to experience privilege, she yeah. go back to, to rescue or to go get the others or to say like, Hey, like, like they're really struggling down there. Like she literally just like out for herself. Was like, but I think what it is, is that she was envious of what the girl had. Like when she ran into her and she actually saw an opportunity she took it and she was just like, I don't even want to present that to the others because they might mess it up. Not only that, it's kind of like how we are in society now. You come out here, mm-hmm. you get riches, you get famous, whatever it is that got you out of the place where you were. How many of us really go back to the hood right. and say, let me right. support you, let me help you, let me give you what I got? We gone right. and that's it. And and I think, and that was one of the kind of the themes in the movie is like, how often do the privilege really reach back to the ones who are struggling? Man, she was trying to protect that the whole time. That's why she was fighting so hard. Like, she was fighting so hard, even the husband couldn't even hang in there. And, but see, the real... Adelaide, she was the one who was like, okay, I came from a normal life and I I lived pretty decently and now I'm down here with these people struggling. She was the one who moved along to go and help out everybody else that was down there. Those weren't even originally her people and she went to help them. Like when she was like, if I'm getting out, I'm taking everybody with me. Right. Yeah, because she felt as though it just wasn't right. You mm-hmm. know, she had think about it like this. She had more morals and, you know, understood the value of things than Red. You know, Red didn't have a chance to experience any of that. So who's to say that she's going to automatically think about going to save anybody else when she's just trying to survive herself? Right. She's playing that role of being someone. Um, that's just trying to survive throughout life. Why not be a savior in life? I think that's kind of like what I saw in the play of the opposites of them. And, you know, th- and that's kind of a other people's take on it is that we are our own worst enemy. Like that is like, you know, they're different sides of the same coin. Like yeah. gangers could represent that other part of you, that that other part of your personality that, that you you're just not willing to deal with, that you're just not willing to accept, that you want to ignore, or that extreme part of you that is there. Yeah. So it's like either, you know, either there's a whole other person or that other person is just really an extension of, of who you are anyway. And that's what a lot of people saw within us is that, and that's why the people looked like us, you know, (laughs) these weren't, they weren't strangers. 
the people that were down there, they were us. And a lot of people were saying is that people, they wanted the underground people, the shadow people to look like the ones above so that maybe they could see like the people who are struggling look just like us. People, if they don't have anything in common with us, but when you see people struggling and it's like they're that 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 is me, that could be me, it makes you want to like jump in and do something. Um, I was saying, I think the symbolism of the mirrors and the fun house is the play on that, you know, um, split an image, how he showed the 11 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you go into house itself like you have people there they're seeking a thrill like they're they're trying to fill a void they're there for a reason you know can you go into that bible verse for those people who didn't catch the uh is it jeremiah 11 11 11 11 so jeremiah 11 11 let me preface this by saying Y'all know I don't go to church every Sunday, but I had to go look this up because I needed to understand it for myself. Um, this actual chapter in the Bible is about people honoring false gods and loving gods that were not their God. So in the world today, I akin that to like materialism and just vanity and things like that because throughout the entire movie you know you had the husband trying to compete with his friend about who got the better car he got an upgrade on this i'm gonna have to catch up like they were playing keeping up with the joneses right that was one of the most important things that he discussed throughout the movie and the particular verse jeremiah 11 11 in a nutshell is when the evil comes for those who have honored these false gods, I'm not going to hear their cries. I'm not going to save them. And so the relevance of that to me was those of us that were above ground who weren't the shadows, we were worshiping these false gods. Like Red said, we were taking things for granted every day that the shadow people didn't have. So when they came for us, there was going to be nobody to save us. We, we reaping what we sowed. Yep. And I think he just picked, you know, 11.11 has a, it's a mirror image of itself in, the, in that verse. And I think it just matched up really well with the rest of the theme of the movie. And I also like the fact that the number 11.11 <laughs> is a mirror image of itself. So you're looking at 1.1 one, one on this side, 1.1 one, one on this side. And that's what they give you in the movie and especially in this uh the scene where they make it into the house and they have the above ground family on one side and they have like the underground family on this side and exactly mirror images of themselves like the number 11 or in the verse 11 11 and they're literally just sitting there like why you know they don't it's like these people are here in our house and they're they're us these this is us and they're sitting right across from each other and it's like how kind of how would that kind of play into somebody's mind that you're attacked it's like you're being attacked by your own self 
And at that point, you are your own worst enemy because it's like, what can you what can you expect from yourself? Like, how much do you know about you to save yourself from you? And it's like, you have to really think about that. Like, could you survive a copy of you trying to attack you? I think that would be hard. But at the same time, I think that survival would kicking in the instinct for me at the end of the day. Knowing me, I switched my mind that that's just a demon that's trying to portray itself as me, so it has to be extinguished. <laughs> I think that was the daughter. That was the daughter. Y'all, I don't know if nobody else felt like she was the breakout character, but at some point, she got gangster. She was like, all right, I'm not going to keep running. I'm not yeah. going to keep trying to get away. We finna take them out, because when they went to the house of their friends and realized we not fighting only us, we fighting others, mm -hmm. and there are more shadows set up like this. Dad told them to get ghosts. <laughs> and they hid off to the side and decided, oh no, we finna go in this house to save our mama. So that for me was the breaking turning point for her character. Like, she bossed up, and she, she took did. them out. She, she even them her out. parents, like, I'm driving. Right, that too, she did. She was like, oh no, get in the back, let's go. But the, the son was very connected to his uh, doppelganger too. He knew himself well enough that he was able to predict what his doppelganger was going to do um, at that scene where he oh, was at the turn. in front of that fire. Because it's like, you have to know who you are to be able to go up against yourself. That's why he was like, y'all get out the car, it's a trap. Yes. And he like, maybe this is something that I would have done. So I know myself enough to know that buddy over here is going to do what I was going to do. So it's like you got to you really got to know who you are to be prepared for the worst of you. And he and in that moment, you could see that he was the father wasn't. He got dragged out and he was hollering. He wasn't even really hurt before they that thing dragged him out, was he? He was just a hollering. Because see, gotta, but, but think about Gabe. Gabe was always more worried about other people. I don't think Gabe was in tune with himself enough. <laughs> he ain't oh. know nothing about his culture. He ain't swain. He ain't do nothing. He, uh, he did all that talking. But you saw that was coming in the beginning when old girl starts spazzing out originally when she realized something about to pop off and she yeah. went in manic mode. He didn't know how to handle it. He was there like, oh. okay. Like, you saw then that he was not going to be the hero in this movie. He was so shallow with it. He was like, you look okay. It's like she's telling you she don't feel right. And you saying she look okay. Like, that's so above the surface. He didn't even go deep with it. Like, he didn't. It seemed like he really didn't care. He wanted to have a good time. <laughs> he I, did. I don't know. Just there to part. Gabe was not. <laughs> Gabe was not prepared for this to happen. Even no. though he realized by the end. Adelaide knew, fake Adelaide knew that this was coming. <laughs> and she, that's why you can see she was so calm when she was being handcuffed to that table. But yeah. even once they got in the house, once they got in the house, she already knew what it was. She knew what oh. it was. And it's like, I, I need to go back and, and look at it from, from fake Adelaide's perspective instead of thinking that she was real Adelaide. Because yeah. I, were there to show I knew this day was coming we she, was rooting for the villain handled that situation like I know who this person is and you know my sins have 
caught up with caught me. Up to me. Yeah. And I every feel time Gabe so... tried to open her mouth, she was like, "Hush, hush." <laughs> yeah, like just go with him. Just go. Just go. But the thing at the end, when I thought about it, that was so awesome. He is such a genius. There's so much in this movie. It is, is the so fact much. that he had us rooting for the villain. Like we did. I'm always rooting for the villain, though. But uh, but but on purpose, we rooted for the villain on accident this time. Yeah, that's what okay, I'm saying. You're right. You're right. I was like, 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 you like, that's the villain. Like you knew. You know what I'm saying? He tricked you. Yeah, he did. But then you there was so me. many subtle signs. Of course, you didn't know it when you was watching it. But in hindsight, you got to look at like the first thing that caught me off guard was them in the car driving. And I got five on it was on the radio. And the little boy was so lost. Like he had no hip hop culture. And he was like, you know, what does that mean? <laughs> and then she turned around and she was like, get in the rhythm. And honey, I don't know who rhythm she was on. But, but then the little boy was bobbing all off the beat. I think about it. She just she had a conversation later on with the with the other lady, their friends. They used to be dancers, so it's like, wait a minute, how you tell me that you used to be a dancer, but you can't even snap on rhythm? That, right. <laughs> that right there was just like some ain't right, you know. Um, what gave away the when they were talking about you know she's not herself, like yes. You know, and it's, you know, there's like, oh, she's just traumatized by it. But but her parents literally were like, she's not herself. And like, this is not their child. And she had to learn how to dance and stuff all over again to fake the funk at that point. Girl, yeah. she had to learn how to talk. Yeah, she had to learn how to right. do everything over. And just like, she was literally like faking. She slid through that life and faked her way to normalcy. She made it. Meanwhile, um, real Adelaide uh, under there trying to, you know, making plans to take over the world all this time. Well, she did it right. <laughs> but when you want to talk about the different characters and, you know, she faking the phone, but at the same time, she was weak. She was like, <laughs> look at her coming for me. <laughs> but like, I feel as though she was kind of weak in some moments where yeah. she saw the children at, at least because I, she wasn't, I mean think about it she wasn't she was a, a shadow person she was underground so those basic kind of you know stuff that real Adelaide had in her she she didn't she didn't really have as much uh you know that what to really fight Adelaide the real Adelaide had a lot more to fight for she's like I'm fighting to get my life back yes right Fake Adelaide was like, no, I'm fighting to cover up the fact that I took your life. And she had been experiencing privilege. So she hasn't had to be in survival mode from that point on. Like after that, she was just like, I'm going to sit back and ride the wave. When the real Adelaide, she was in survival mode. Yep. And she had her posse with her too. Exactly. And she said, I'm going to bring everybody with me, even though your own left you down here. She brought me down here. So she left me and she left all of y'all. But guess what? When I make it out, I'm taking everybody like she had a plan, not for herself, but she, she had an army. And you know what? Somebody pointed out to me, my wonderful uh, studio audience out here. 
Um, one of the things that did happen in the movie was when Red was talking to them and she was giving the story, she said it. She was like, you could have taken me with you. Yes. I yes. wouldn't have had to drag you down here and swap us out if you had just taken me with you. Y yes, she did. I didn't understand what she was saying in the beginning. Yeah, she. you could have saved her. And I, I mean, that's another reflection of society. It's so easy for us just to walk away. But when in reality, we could give that helping hand. We could bring somebody forward. We can push them out of the shadows. But we don't do that. Yeah. yeah. You, so, you know, people when they, you know, that, that life of privilege can make you turn a blind eye. And fake Adelaide kind of turned a blind eye on the ones who were struggling. But real Adelaide was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do what you did. I'm not going to make the same mistake you did. Um, and what I think it was really, really clever that Jordan Peele subliminally gave horror fans a lot of tidbits that yes, he did. horror would really see. Yeah. Paying homage to Michael Jackson. And not only did he just, you know, try to throw some love out there for MJ, but he did it in the format of a thriller shirt. He pointed out that one thing of blackness that hit horror back in the 80s. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, any, you could have did anything from Michael Jackson in the 80s, but he said, no, this is a horror movie. I'm going to throw a thriller, you know, a little easy. He had another horror movie in there, too. I don't know if you um, paid attention to the little symbolism because it was quick, but the carousel with symbolism of the Lost Boys. Mm. At somewhere, and I missed it at the time. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't catch that, but I felt like... I did. I'm a fan of Lost Boys. I felt like that was going somewhere, but yes, the Lost Boys is one of my Stephen King favorites. And, and the know, mom mentioned it. She said, oh, they're filming something by the carousel. And I didn't even... It's like I wanted to figure it out. It's like when you know it's something there, but it just take you a minute for it to come to you. Just like... uh. Uh, real Adelaide, she had on the one glove. So it's, and that was two hints right there. The one glove, as in, you know, word to Michael Jackson, and the type of glove that she had on was like the glove that Freddy Krueger wore. And his, she wore that glove with the scissors in her hand. Freddy with gloves on, with the knives on his hand. Yes, and he's oh, you, you, me in my you, nightmares. Real horror fans, I see you, Jordan. <laughs> yes, I mean, that was for us. <laughs> you, and also the campfire story that she gave us. Yes, like sitting around, everybody sitting around, and they were at the fireplace going, and she just literally told them this really spooky. Once story. upon a time, <laughs> there was a little girl. I My bet. thing is, if you pay attention, she sound like beloved. B E L O V. I never thought about that before. <laughs> Once. Hey, but think about it. The one, the 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 girl that was in beloved. Remember, she wasn't around for a long time, so it's just. Well, like she wasn't real. Exactly. When you haven't had to use your voice and when it first come out, it sounds a little strange, don't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, another thing that's creepy, and some people might not have thought about it at the moment, but when you think about the switch up, it's just the fact that you got kids 
that are in the other world down below that are half human. And then you have children that's in the human world above that are half shadow people. Mm. That's why I probably think the little boy was in sync with his um, shadow person. You know, he knew what he was going to do. He also like, <clears throat> he knew what was up with his mama too. Yes. And I, I like that he, because see, this is, this is my, my theory. I feel like when, when uh, real Adelaide took him away and pulled him in those tunnels, I feel like she told him the truth. Okay. Because think about it, by the time, because he literally had to sit and watch them to go at it while he was in the locker. And when she pulled him out. <gasps> oh my gosh, I didn't I forgot he was in the locker. He got to see everything. He knows. He was there. He was there. And uh, Man. yes. He was and there. then that's why she was like, nothing's changed, nothing's changed. Like, girl, he just watched you kill somebody. He watched that was probably and you know why, really like Fred, me. even though she know that's technically not her son, she was seeing him with no scars on her face. I mean on his face. Like he just looked like a pure little boy up mm -hmm. above. And, you know, he was trying to build tunnels to get to somewhere. He just, just you know, normally you build exactly. castles. He, he digging for tunnels. Exactly. When he was, um, think about it, when he was on the, um, when he was on the beach, he was over there trying to build tunnels. Like, were you trying to go underground? Like, you know? Like, Your brother is so weird. He was. And it's like, why was he, why was he so had that and you know it made me think of halloween hey jordan there you go shouting out another um, yeah because he wore a mask like jason oh no. mm -mm. michael Mike myers. myers i'm sorry michael myers remember if wearing a mask and, like uh, the remake that they did of halloween remember they did the remakes in the 2000s and um they kind of showed you like this story of how uh mike myers kind of like became who he was and when he was a child he used to wear masks all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought of. He even walked like him. Yeah, that's what I, I thought about that when I seen the little boy in us. I'm like, Mike Myers used to wear masks when he was a kid. I'm like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, dropping these little hints for, you know, the real horror fans. And it makes us think about these these movies and paying homage and these little subtleties that he adds in there. And it's like, why is he always wearing a mask? Kima, like I, the other thing that I just is still, I'm still pondering on. Okay. So there were so many rabbits. Yeah. I know, you know, rabbits multiply like crazy, but at the same time, were they trying to get at like maybe the possibility of people being cloned and we just didn't know about it? <clears throat> well, I was watching this one interview and, and it makes you, you have to kind of think about the little news flashes, I guess you could you say that were happening at the beginning of the movie. And they were talking about like, you know, this experiment and these underground tunnels everywhere. And, yeah. you know, and it could be that the experiment started with rabbits 
if you can clone and make doppelgangers with rabbits, you can do it with humans. And the way I kind of saw it as listening to the interview, they, um, they had this experiment and for some reason they abandoned it. And they and just left it there and forgot about it. And like, think about, you know, movies that we've seen in the past when people have like had these experiments that they kind of like, oh, well, I don't know if this, this went right. So I'm just going to toss it to the side. So it's like, they you're ready to hear something crazy. And you talking about that? I'm going to tell you something. I went to a petting zoo recently and they had a Zoyce. It's a horse and a zebra, a zebra? mixed together. <laughs> yes. They took a female horse and a male zebra and they um they made it and created a Zoyce. And they also have a wolf dog. Now that's popular in Texas actually. Wolf dogs are a, they, they naturally breed like that on their own without us touching it. But it's it's still big and scary. <laughs> it is. It and is. There was a story that came out uh, years ago. Sorry, Jade. I know you live in Florida, but how? Florida uh, man. It was man, either Florida man, my neighbor. It was either snakes or lizards that people were kind of like breeding to be like a large breed. But they weren't. They didn't make good pets. They were dangerous, so they just tossed them out to the wild. Oh yeah, they so do they that all the time. Overpopulated. They yeah. flush them down the toilet. They'll just go take them out to the Everglades or like the swamp area. They just drop them off. Like people think stuff when they show like them big alligators and stuff like that. Like it's mm -hmm. fake. Mm -hmm. It's real. And see, so I mean, what do you think happens when? You know, when somebody said I, they've had enough, like, why do you keep creating these experiments and then tossing them to the side? And now we're unwanted and useless. It's like Frankenstein. Mm. And all right. they're doing eating rabbits. You get tired mm -hmm. of eating the same meat. But did y'all notice throughout the movie, she that didn't make them enough to revolt. <laughs> she it, did not. She had strawberries when they were eating fast food. Mm -hmm. She didn't eat anything on the beach. She didn't drink any alcohol. She wasn't eating the same as everybody else. She wasn't. Dang, good point, Desiree. She, she really didn't. Somebody opened my eyes. Okay. Um, I kind of want to get into the dynamics um, of the different relationships, like the mother and the father um, and the mother and the daughter. How did y'all feel about the mother and the father's, like, their relationship? I'm talking about Adelaide and um, Gabe. I think they fit together in the way that Gabe is a person, a, a Black person who seems to have come from a nice, decent lifestyle that might have experienced a little privilege. And being that fake Adelaide, that's what she was thirsty for. She's like, I'm going yeah, to experience all there is to get. So I think she attached herself to somebody like that because she wanted privilege. But poor Red didn't even get a chance to choose who she wanted to be with. She made that clear. I had Abraham. Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, and it like didn't matter she if she loved him. <laughs> <laughs> she was mad about that thing. <laughs> Like oh you get the you you get the college educated man 
who who likes to have nice houses and cars and stuff. And then I just got dumb ass Abraham over hey, here. All my homes, yeah. But Abraham was very aggressive though. Even though he was servant like, because he did whatever, snap of her finger. Yeah. But he was very aggressive. Yeah, and I think that in, in that in that way, I think real Adelaide was able to use Abraham because she needed a muscle. Yeah. Up here but he was the opposite of Gabe. I need, I need yes, him. Yes, he was. He was complete opposite. Yeah. Because Gabe got took out the first for, hit. For him for that reason. Like if I'm go if I'm out here about to revolt and start a whole rebellion, I, I need somebody that's gonna be like this. And that's what he served the purpose that she needed him for. Okay. So how you feel about the mother and the daughter's relationship? Like, I just felt like the daughter kept trying to prove that she could be accepted as the, like a leader to her mother. I think she was different. Because every time she said something, it was off the wall. It wasn't yes. your ordinary teenager conversation. And nobody paid attention to her. She would be like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Think about it. How how would you turn out as a teenager if your mom was like a a, a science experiment and your dad was a person of privilege? <laughs> like you smart, but at the same time you can't connect. Right. <laughs> no, no kind of sense of like, you know not being really in tune to herself. And I think at that moment when she had to fight is when she really started to get to know herself and become herself. Yeah. When she, she definitely got her gangster, but it just seemed like the mother and the daughter wasn't as close as the mother is with her son, and that's something that I'm definitely just, not. I'm trying to figure like, is it because the son is in sync and he knows what time it is, or like, what is it, or is is that something that Jordan Peele is trying to show us that's going on in our culture? Like, not saying that the mothers don't love their daughters, but they're more harder on their daughters than their sons, and they kind of like, son is king. Yeah. I had a conversation with um, someone, I do believe it was Tanya, about this. She, she's got her degree in marriage and family counseling. And we were talking about the relationship between mothers and daughters, and how sometimes it really can be either disconnected or really harsh like mothers yeah. are harder on their daughters because sometimes they want them to do better we're harder on each other and we don't really show each other as much comfort and affection and love it's like, like pick it up and keep going you know yeah. push them. but as that's a woman like women in general yeah exactly exactly and that those you gotta be strong person yeah, I feel like in our culture, like the women, you know, I I love I love you kings, okay? But us women, like we really are the backbone and it gets so hard at times that it's kind of like default to be hard on your daughter because honestly, baby girl, when you get out here, ain't nobody going to give nothing. Call. You hear me? <laughs> nothing. So I feel as though that's why it's kind of like default. Like, no, I love you, but I gotta be real with you. Yeah. But you know, you and the sons, real, like, yep. And you could tell that with, with between Adelaide and her daughter. Like, she kind of didn't. Like, I feel like she 
she felt more like she had to protect the son. Yeah, because the son honestly was more of her heart because she didn't get mm -hmm. that from her husband, which is another thing that's going on in our culture. <laughs> you have these broken homes, right? Single parent homes or either broken homes that are dysfunctional with both parents in there where the mother sometimes will see the son and like kind of put him in that position of, you know, your father's slacking. So now I need you to step up and be the man. Mm -hmm. But it's like you're still a child. But expect Mama say to already be this stuff, but be you know showing the daughter tough love to try to toughen her up for the harsh world, but yet kind of giving that more of that I need to build the son up more, and that you know she needs to be independent and figure this out while I work on him. What was you gonna say, Desiree? Oh, I was just gonna say my mom said that uh mothers raise their daughters and love their sons. Oh, mm. I mean, mm. that's the perfect explanation for it. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I'm just going to take this right here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do this. It. I'm about through with that, but she so don't ain't got nothing to say to that, but let me do it <laughs> one more time. <laughs> it is, but it's just like, uh, I'm going to be real. No hard feelings because at the end of the day, I, it helped me become the woman that I am today. And I feel as though I was blessed to have that counterpart of my um, father being in my life and being a strong male figure. And as well as my mama did flip it. Like, I'm going to be real. My mama done knocked me out before, but I deserve it because I was doing something. I ain't had no business. And right, it just right. taught me, you know, get your stuff together. Don't be out here looking like this when you have business to take care of. You don't you don't know who's looking at you. So right. if I caught you slipping, you don't know who's seen you. So, yeah, I got to teach you something real quick. And I respect it. But at the same time, she nurtured me to tell me you are a princess. Now you are a queen. You have to be strong, but you can be elegant. True. So... It's and just I, the fact of learning how to play it like <clears throat> teeter-totter. And I love how Jordan Peele, how he, he brought these interesting dynamics of the Black family without giving all the negative stereotypes. Yeah. Yes. He successfully made a horror movie with Black people in it. There were no guns. There were no drugs. There was no projects. And the family was together. They have and all there that much profanity in the house. Yes, yeah, sure language and stuff, and which I I, I definitely have to kind of point this out. <laughs> she said she had to point, to point something out. out. <laughs> <laughs> Red came and got you. That is good for looking like a. She had to take I, out the triplet. I think they're trying to drag me to Underworld. <laughs> Girl, you the triplet. It ain't no double. You a triplet. Look at you looking just like Red. Okay. It ain't to get you. But um, think about back in the early 90s when we had a surplus of Black sitcoms. We had Martin, uh, Living, Living Color, Fresh print. A different world. Single. Living single. And uh, the Cosby show even. Oh, yeah, and think about it. All of those shows 
subliminally was wearing hoodies and sweatshirts that shouted out HBCUs. Built up. And during that era, the HBCU enrollment like doubled. We need to get back to that. And I think, and Jordan Peele knew that. He said, I'm going to take my black platform. Yes. To do what they did back then with it. And he strategically put Winston Duke in that Howard. Howard sweatshirt. Yes. And I love that. And um, Jay Ashley and myself, we are products of HBCU. So that what? to us that. You know, there, there he's giving, showing the HBCUs love that black colleges produce successful people and that we're not dying out. We're still out there. This has been able to educate ourselves and push ourselves forward. And it's like, in spite of what people may be saying about these schools are dying out and struggling, no, we're not. <laughs> oh, we still here live and strong. And I love I love all the HBCUs, but the one that is deep down in my heart, I will forever love my SSU. And we all Savannah State University. So I'm yes, thank you, Jordan Peel, for going and, and throwing that little bit out. And for the people who didn't kind of notice that was happening back in the day. Go back when you when you're watching Martin. And, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and, and Disney World and stuff, and Cosby Show. And watch how, oh, and look at all the, the shirts and hoodies that and they sweaters. And sweaters that, jackets and hats and stuff. The, just all the paraphernalia from HBCUs that were thrown into these shows back in the day. Right. And we don't have sitcoms and stuff like that anymore. So it's like, what platform did we have to kind of push these institutions out there? So... They would also do the Greeks like that too, like sublimity mm-hmm. at the shows. Cause I even remember, like it was a show I would watch my brother and me on Nickelodeon, <laughs> and the dad was a cute doll and the mama was a Delta, if I'm not mistaken. Hit <laughs> <laughs> <Get> me. <laughs> so that's my favorite episode. Yes, he's like, hit me. He came home, toe up. <laughs> So y'all favorite episode one Goo Punch? That's oh yeah, okay. Goo Punch, Punch, Punch. Punch. (laughs) But I got this punch right here though, Desiree girl. What you be doing by these drinks, girl? No, no, I be mixing it up. I be serving the joy in glass. You do. I think we're finding my joy. (laughs) Yeah, I just need this one cup of joy tonight. I got to get another one. I be I be trying to give us options. When I say us, I mean our people outside of Henny. Y'all and have got to stop drinking Henny everywhere y'all go. I love y'all. One, it's expensive, but it ain't the best. So try some other stuff in your life. You know yeah. what it is? Our people, we like to go with the trend because I remember when I was in college, it was about that goose. Now, I do like Grey Goose, though, as a vodka, but having experimented with so many other flavors, there are so many better vodkas out there. Granted, they're a very good one, and they are in the affordable bracket. It's Tell me. To Give me one, because vodka, like, when I drink it, if it's not, like, nice and smooth, for some reason, like, my shoulders get tense. <laughs> Kima, are you gluten sensitive? You know what? See, that's another thing. This is a message for us people. I don't know. I might need to get tested. I might need to go to the doctor. Because I truly <laughs> told 
I can't drink much clear alcohol like I used to because I am now gluten sensitive in my older okay. years. And so, so my hands feel? will swell up. Um, my hands swell up and it's like an allergic reaction almost. But I do it anyway because I enjoy spirits. But <laughs> <laughs> like as far as vodka goes, like I like stolitnia or stoli to say it easy. But that's not something you're gonna walk into a bar and be like, hey, let me get that stolen and so and so. Like it, it don't it don't happen. Okay. Um, and so that that's what I try to do, y'all. I try to give us new stuff to drink besides the henny. Don't get me wrong, I love the henny, even though this noir king, I'm gonna say it again, this noir king cognac is topping henny right now for me. And it's black owned. I've been plugging her since we started this. I'm plugging her again. Noir King. Get it in your liquor store. Ask about it. Put it on Spell the Spell it out for me. Spell it out for me. It might be people like me. <laughs> N-O-I-R, which is French for black, and King. K-I-N-G. Ask for it at your liquor store so they can start getting it. But okay, it's good. Now, if bring it it on in. the Black History Show, it's good. Um, But yeah, I just be trying to give us something else to drink, y'all. That's all. And I appreciate that because honestly, like I'm so serious, I would not have purchased ta- um that water. Tonic water. water. And look, we got Kay Blackwell over here on her bubbly. Girl, you need so, to get out that little fizz. We gonna what? bring her. Look, listen, 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 <laughs> <laughs> listen. Who listen to? Okay. <laughs> I'm what trying. is your I'm shadow like, name? I'm always I'm like drinking it and then. You know, after I sip it a few times, I'm like, I could, I just need a little fizz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You're um, right, Desiree. I was looking at some of our um, comments. I re- <laughs> My mom said, try some uh, peach crown. <laughs> it's out of stock. Tell your mama stop playing. I've been trying to get it, and it was limited edition for like that little bitty time frame. It's coming back out next year. I'm gonna be ready for it next year. But they have <laughs> gotten rid of it for the area where I'm at. I asked for it today oh. when I was at the store. <laughs> um, I'm gonna see if we got. It. I might can get you one. Appreciate. <clears throat> I seen a comment that also that pointed out another subliminal. For Michael Jackson's Thriller. Y'all, I didn't even see it. She said just like Thriller ended when how Michael had that little sneaky smile at the end. And he was like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, he talked around like... <laughs> the end when, 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 when fake Adelaide did that little smirk to let you know. I got you. Oh, what my God. God. I didn't even see that. <laughs> well, you gotta think. He was just as... um influenced by Michael Jackson's thriller as I was because in my mind that was like black horror that you don't see because yeah. think about it this was in especially like in the, in the 80s like he really took a genre that he loved and mixed it with something that he could do and made a whole music horror video and I'm really appreciative of that um I know some people who are still scared to watch Thriller to this day. <laughs> I ain't gonna name no names, but some people are still scared to watch that movie. But that kind of like, that inspired me a little. Like, black people can, we could throw some horror in there. Not all black people are afraid of horror movies and stuff. Jay, what you got going over there with this movie? Um, 
So I went to a carnival earlier today. <laughs> this not one. A carnival in Santa Cruz. <laughs> I'm not on it, no Tampa Bay. So I was wondering, since you're dressed like us, care to join? Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to understand why they sell the machetes at the carnival. I had this with me underground for so many years. <laughs> Y'all know what else, though? I'm finna backtrack to the movie right quick. At the end, I don't know if anybody else had that aha moment when I had it, but when she went into the fun house and she got to that door, ain't nobody else noticed she didn't creep down them stairs and them hallways like she was scared and didn't know where she was at. She was full speed ahead, and like that was my trigger for like, oh, she knew what was up. She like, knew where she was. She at. knew where she was going, and that's why and then, she was like, "I'm going to get my, you know, my son because I know where he's at." Right. In the same, hey, Desiree. In the same place that she took real Adelaide. And then I can't figure out why the son was the only one who could control his shadow self. Like when he lifted his arms and start backing up, that little boy start lifting his arms and start backing up too. Well, he practiced in the closet. He was practicing in the closet doing that, right. you know. And I think he know, and that's when I was going back to how well do you know yourself as to if you did meet the worst parts of you, would you be able to? deal with yeah. it. You, you know what? And you was like, that just clicked in my mind. The reason why he probably knew himself is because he probably had more genetically of the shadow. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, he was already odd and awkward. There's no telling mm -hmm. the thoughts that was running through his mind. That's probably why he wore a mask because he was probably having dark thoughts. Well, now, there is an online theory that apparently at some point in life, on their previous vacations, that the boy could have also been switched. Um, and I've read that on several, on some websites, and I I can't see it for myself, but it's a theory floating out there. So well, I can see where he could have been switched when they went to the carnival and he saw that like man or whatever, and he was digging for the tunnels there, yeah, and yeah. he kind of wandered off. And because that's isn't that the same uh, man that the mom thinking. saw? Mm -hmm. And how so that could be a symbolism that? of the fact that he was exchanged out. But the thing is, is mm -hmm. if he was exchanged out, then how come the mouth of the other one was already healed? Oh yeah, so it wasn't recent. Yeah, see, I can't get behind that theory one hundred percent. I don't see how they pulled that theory out. Yeah. Other than that. The part that the the part where they didn't have no rhythm because neither one of them had rhythm. They did. And then at the end, where it was like an aha moment between the two of them. But I put that on the fact that he was in the locker the whole time. He heard the entire conversation between the two, so he heard mm -hmm. the truth. Yeah, so he that, knew that that was not really his mom. But at the same time, that's his mama. She birthed him. That's what would have freaked me out. Like. Are you and serious? Then, is that why I'm kind of a little crazy that my mom is not really from Earth? I mean, she's from Earth, but she's not from like normal society. She's from underground. 
that means he's that would show that would mean that he's not and that means it's like okay that explains a lot about me that I'm more he could be more like those underground people he was above ground people and that could make you feel awkward and see that happens when you and it's like he knew this part about his self existed but he probably didn't know what it was and that's yeah. probably why she was uh, more connected as well. Like my son, my ba- she was not like that about her daughter, and not, and neither was her counterpart. Like um, Red, Red wasn't her like that. I mean, she sent, all monsters. She sent her daughter <laughs> out like bloop. <laughs> and she and another thing the about the daughter that creeped me out is the fact that she smiled. Her um shadow person smiled. The entire the time, like a movie. like a dummy, like <laughs> the whole movie, <laughs> like that freaks me out. Like, even what are you smiling about? What's so funny? <laughs> when she was dying, she was laughing. She was in the tree, like, <laughs> like no, you supposed to be like, oh, I'm hurt and I'm about to die. You up here laughing, like. I think what it was is that the daughter kind of like masked her pain just like the father did. The father used material and like competition with the next person and the daughter was using like intellect. Like she was looking up all these facts and all on social media just like just trying to do this and (laughs) yeah. Like she was just trying to emerge herself in something deep that had like meaning to it because she didn't have that. Yeah. and think about it they were missing a whole aspect of their life they didn't know who they really were and let's think about that deeper as it let's let's think about that as sort of putting race in it african americans african americans were the only race that don't know who they are we the only that don't know their background but who okay now you want to go deeper and you hitting that Let's go a little deeper. Who's to say, you know how some people be like, Africans don't want us? Lie. I met a girl this week, y'all. They want us to come back home. (laughs) I met a girl this week from the Ivory Coast. She was such a sweetheart. And she was telling me, like, you got to go to Africa. You got to visit. You're going to love it. And she was like, and don't believe people when they say Africans don't want y'all there. She was like, y'all are black people. Y'all are our ancestors. She was like, if you go to West Africa, if you go to the coast, anywhere that's not considered the Middle East of Africa, she was like, they love y'all. She was like, they they want y'all there. Don't let them fool you and give you that stereotype and give you all that bull about we don't want you here. They just don't want us to know where we're supposed to be. My um, shout out to my my nine sister, uh, Heidi. She's always saying y'all need to come back and visit home. Because they, she knows that the connection that we have there. And think about I might not leave. the little boy That's in the movie. It's like once he felt, or how he felt when he met his other half and him being underground, he understood more about who he was. I mean, it's like African-Americans. We don't know our basis other than, you know, what happened in America. We don't know what African we came from. We don't know what what countries from Africa we stem from and our family that's there. It's like we're missing that whole piece of history that happened before America. And that's why when so many black 
Americans go to Africa, they feel that connection that they so, didn't have before. And so I get how those kids could be feeling like something. Something is, you know, it's like what something is not right. And it's because there's a whole other aspect of their life that they that they're missing. That they're missing. But then also if you want to okay, bring it back up a notch, not as deep. You got to think about those kids that were, they didn't have to experience mm -hmm. the actual ghetto and the projects. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they were born into the suburbs. So they didn't get, they have no exposure to that. They don't yeah. even understand the language. Mm -hmm. The son didn't even understand what five on it mean. Right. Right. <laughs> the daughter did because. Obviously, she probably researched it. She probably Googled it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, because she said drugs, she didn't even say weed. Exactly, because she like she like gave a generic. Oh, it's about drugs. Weed okay. is not a drug, okay? Hola, <laughs> if we go advocate, weed, weed is not a drug. I'm just gonna say that it come out. It's natural. Ain't nobody got to do nothing extra to it. You know, you put a seed in the ground, it grow up. You burn it, okay? <laughs> It's just like so, tobacco. <laughs> so wait. One of my viewers made a really good point just now, and we're talking about something being wrong with the kids. And Kia said that you have to remember that the fake Adelaide birthed these kids. And technically, mm -hmm. the fake Adelaide don't have no soul. So Ooh. these kids are born already missing something. Mm -hmm. So that's why yes. they're mm -hmm. so different. Mm -hmm. Dang, that's why they don't. <sighs> but you know what? That's why they butts was fighting so hard too. They got that genetics in them where they like, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no feeling for you because they, they went straight to their friends. Like I ain't gonna lie, they went straight to kill their little friends. Mm -hmm. I don't really think that was their friends though, because them little twins got on my nerve the minute they hit the screen. <laughs> but I'm just saying they associated with them. Jinx, double jinx. <laughs> what happened? What we said? Come on with them twins. <laughs> oh, that was that was bougie and ignorant. I didn't like them twins. Well, why <laughs> that was first there... one out real. Why was their shadows though doing like gymnastic stuff? Like they were doing cartwheels and stuff. Cause on the beach, those twins were doing cartwheels and stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Before they walked over and was like, "Oh, your brother's weird." They were flipping around and shit on the beach, and so okay, they sure they was. Thank you. Now you know what I thought was so crazy, but it is so true. Like those that have so much money, majority of the time they're miserable, and like the wife, the neighbor's wife, always was talking about how like she could kill her husband. You know, like. That is my favorite scene. <laughs> Nobody paid attention to the shadow white lady. I don't know her name. Girl. When old boy was stuck outside and he was fighting the real Gabe on the boat. She first, her face looked real concerned like, oh my God, he about to die. And then that half a bust out laughing. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> she was waiting for him to die. That was my favorite scene because it was so cynical. And I don't think half the world caught that. I ain't seen that on no blog. No, I nothing. didn't even I see that. Crazy. What I thought that was crazy was her how her shadow person like looked in the mirror. And like, for example, you know, she just straight up cut herself because 
I think honestly she was hurt and you know her husband didn't pay her no attention. He's sitting out there getting drunk and she straight up telling him like, man, somebody is in the house. <laughs> like somebody is in the house. He was too busy catch, in there and his music kind of gave him a, a little quiet moment to himself. Catch what? <laughs> y'all didn't catch that other uh, shout out there that Jordan Peele threw in there when the radio picked up and she was like call the police and all of a sudden you hear NWA for the police yes. like, <laughs> that was another Jordan Peele Easter egg in there I thought that was funny he is nothing but a genius. Like, I am not trying to be like a straight up fanatic, but hey, Jordan Peele, like, I was watching you on Key and Peele, and right. I did not expect for this to come up out of you. Like, seriously, like, you threw a freaking, like, left curve, curve knocked me out because I'm so freaking ecstatic on the fact that we have black leads in horror. And, and like, think he about even. It, they all lived. That initial family, <laughs> everybody was alive. They all made it. And they wasn't, unfortunately, they wasn't the light, bright black people. Like, he giving you real black people. No no disrespect to my light-skinned folks. I love y'all, too. But y'all know back in the day, you had the paper bag rule. I love Melanie. You had the paper bag rule, and you couldn't be no darker than a paper bag if you was going to be on TV. Now, it's everybody, every shade, every color. Yes, and mm-hmm. I love it because, um, y'all, this is my husband right here. <laughs> 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 I the darker shoe. So, I don't know what it is, though. I mean, I do know what it is, but I just <laughs> love that rich color. Like, and he really did. Beautiful. Like that. To me, that's royalty. The darker you yeah. are, the more wealth you have in your bank. That little dark, the little dark skinned girl he used as 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 child. Adam. She was so beautiful. And then and then the daughter, the teenage daughter, she was still, you know, melanin rich. Yes, yeah, she was. And, and a track star. Yeah, he, he kept the real Hollywood right. said would look good as a suburban family. Because if Hollywood would have put that movie together, the you know, the mom would have girl been, and the daughter would have had we would have been straight up. Black, 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 black. <laughs> Oh, no, and Lupita would have been Sinai Lathan. Oh, yeah, it would have been somebody <laughs> looking like me. I love me, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm a mixed chick. They would have put me up in the... And I love my people, you know what I'm saying? I, I put everybody in there from the lightest to the darkest. We all are the same, you know what I'm saying? We right. all are one. It's, it should never be separate. Just because I'm light-skinned, trust me, I go through the same issues that my dark sister is going through. I don't get no leeway. Shoot, they try to prostitute me out a little bit more. Because I'm light-skinned. I'm done with you for the night. I'm just saying, I'm though, you know how it go. For the night. You know how it go. Y'all want to be real? Shoot. I'm tired of being the only one sometimes. I'm done. So the done. only one. But no, I'm excited for Jordan Peele to keep giving us greatness. I'm excited about Twilight Zone coming up, Candyman yes. coming up, everything. I expect greatness from him moving forward. I'm gonna be so heartbroken if something flops. I am. No, don't, we don't say that. It ain't nothing gonna flop. That on there. We not. No, no, not because of not because of his talent or lack thereof. But because you know, every time somebody gets so hot and they do something so, they come great, after them. 
they do something. They gonna come after him. They gonna dig up some old dirt that don't make no mm. sense. No but you know what, my, though? My sage and my palace he might over girl, He <laughs> might be smart enough to already prepared for that. You gotta think about around him and his genius. <laughs> he's so genius that he's probably already got his ducks covered. Because he knows that they come for the great. He's already let them know, do not compare me to Steven Spielberg. I am Jordan Peele. Right. So I feel as though it's like, no matter what you try to do, I'm good. Especially if he's covered. Because if he's going to bring Jeremiah 11-11, then you got something going on. He got so if you, he's covered and he's really going trying to lift our people up, then he gonna be all right. No, any weapons that come to him, he gonna be all right. So I, that's what's in my heart. I pray that he's come at this with a pure heart and a pure soul because this is what I've been waiting for. I've been a hard fan since five years old. Right. Yep. Like <laughs> I'm so excited. Shout out to my mom and older sister for letting me watch horror movies at a young age. <laughs> Thank you, Mama right. and Sidebar. I love you. <laughs> Thank y'all for letting me sit up when I couldn't go to sleep at night and watch horror movies. Okay, and X-Files. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> that little skeleton didn't ever scare me when I was little. I, I laughed when he laughed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's giving us all this greatness. And he's also going to bring us Twilight Zone soon. So, yeah. um, so we will be going to talk about different genres that have horror elements. So awesome. cover sci-fi and highlight the new Twilight. So everybody make sure you catch that episode. We're gonna spotlight supernatural genre and talk about Netflix's Always a Witch. And then we're gonna go into da -da -da, fantasy and recap Game of Thrones for everybody. Sure. Make sure you ready. Oh, I'm so fans. Look, 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 look. Winter is here. It ain't even coming. It's here. <laughs> it's here. So make sure you guys get up on those three different little uh, genres there because sci-fi, supernatural dramas, and fantasy, they all have little elements of war within them. So we're going to pick these things apart and find the horror in those genres through Twilight Zone, Always a Witch, and Game of Thrones. So be ready because we'll be back. Right about that. To look for. Be ready. I know you guys are going to want to catch up on and recap this last and final season of Game <laughs> of Thrones. So Y'all should have started in December. Y'all should have hit <laughs> season one and been working since December. Uh, if you ain't caught up now, I don't, I, you know, I don't let know. it go. Get well, it I do know one thing. They need to get ready for the next feature drink because Desiree, every time you come through, you with a hitter. I'm every done. Thank y'all. I tried. So listen, I am not opposed to taking suggestions. Y'all follow me on Instagram at Temper Drinks. Follow me on Facebook at Temper Drinks. If you got a drink that you think is popping, let me know. Send it to me. I will get it out there. And follow all um, and the fifth column on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And Twitter. And you guys 
next time I told you guys what to expect we might actually do like a giveaway you never know what happens when you tune t-shirts you never know are you make sure you stay tuned follow us on social media so you can catch us on the next horror and hooch good night everyone i'm going good to night. Good night. <laughs> be aware of your shadows Mm-mm, girls might be trying to give us nightmares <laughs> <laughs> bye y'all